The Evolution of Spiritual Man Prepare yourself for a long journey through time. Firstly, I search for the birth of man, then migrations, then the first civilizations, and the first languages. I then show you the passage of our understanding of the universe, awareness, and God. Finally, I hope to help you understand what all this is actually about, and what you can do with it. My timeline and research may be rather basic, but I think it's worth your time. Come with me. As a species, we started in Africa. The millennia passed. We slowly migrated from south of Africa to the north, no doubt looking for better Mediterranean climes. Four million years ago, we were evolving, and two million years ago, we started out of Africa. The estimated paths of upright beings trawled up Africa, spreads out to the north, the west and the east. We seem to have had a penchant for having sex with everything that moved and eventually interbred and outbred the Neanderthals, although we still share some similar genetic information. One migration took people to the Americas over a supposed land bridge. Another ran the coast of India and southern Asia to the Pacific. The last thrust was up to the steppes of Russia. It's hard to tell precisely how it occurred, but people seem to have returned to, or maybe never left, the Middle East and the Black Sea regions. In the Middle East, the luscious valley of the Tigris and the Euphrates was one of the main areas of settlement where we see different ideas emerging round farming, with some people concentrating on cattle, the other taking up agrarian pursuits. The first really organised civilization took root here eventually, the Sumerian Empire. In terms of millions of years, things moved slowly until they didn't. I think we can connect with the idea of things speeding up, well, I assume that there's always been that feeling. We gain a skill or a piece of knowledge and then build on that as it opens other opportunities. So we're kind of standing on the shoulders of giants. Like a jigsaw puzzle, each discovery fits the last and creates a space for the next to emerge. Giant leaps are usually many small creeps. The peoples of the Black Sea the Middle East and India seem to have shared a common tongue of sorts, something that could be understood throughout this whole vast area. These days this is referred to as Pi, Proto-Indo-European. Until about 10,000 years ago we'd been loosely organised, but around this period we started to realise that farming was better than hunting. It's interesting to see the spread pattern of the birth of civilizations. The common denominator seems to be the equator, and I guess it's more harmonious weather patterns. Two million years ago, we'd have recognized our species, but they would have been nomadic hunter-gatherers. It's only 6,000 years ago that things started to become truly organized for the first time. It's really recent in terms of our evolution as a species. The first empire, the Sumerian Empire, started to coalesce about 3,500 BCE, before the Common Era. That's about 5,500 years ago. Assuming 
that we came up and out of Africa, one would have assumed that settling and civilizing Egypt first. But actually, that's 500 years after Samaria. The civilization instinct seems to have come back down from the steppes in the north to the Black Sea and the Middle East. It's also possible that East Asian populations may have met African populations at this juncture of the continents that seen so much movement to populations and so much strife through the millennia. Samaria, as it grew and established, is credited with spreading its knowledge and language east into the north of India, where we find the Sumerian religious ideas and language Sanskrit forming the basis for Hinduism about 2,300 to 1,500 years ago. Just as every civilization has its splits, so has every religion. We find Sumerian morphing into Hinduism, whilst also planting the seeds for the growing Egyptian civilizations. Egyptians and Hebrews share so much of the same mythology and characters too. Consider this, I tell you a story about an angry god or a heroic figure, and you want to tell that story to someone else, you might just appropriate it to make your god or religion look a little bit better. There's no clear path between these cultures. Thoth of Egypt and the god of the Hebrews share amazing commonalities. Hermes and Enoch seem to be indistinguishable. As Egypt declines, so Greece and then Rome build. Christianity rises, as does Hinduism and Muslimism. They all have such similar stories to tell, and that's because much of the source material was from the same Sumerian base. Aegean civilizations come to power around the same time as the Indus and Vedic civilizations, but also Chinese civilization. Trade has always been a conveyor of more than just physical goods. We know of the Silk Route, stretching from China to India into the Middle East and eventually to Europe. Ideas flowed along these routes. It's often been noted the cultural and religious effect India had on China and vice versa. At its roots, potentially, are the ideas spread from our friends the Sumerians. The Proto-Indo-European migration and languages gave birth to the Sanskrit language. This was the root of Hinduism. Sanskrit is one of the first written languages. This leads us to their religious works, the Vedas and the Upanishads. The Vedas tend to deal with religious ritualistic detail, whilst the Upanishads were concerned with philosophy. Just to recap the definition of philosophy, philosophy is the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality and existence. So, in the Upanishads, we have the most basic understanding of life and reality. In the earliest recorded language system, which seems to have lent its root to almost all religious ideas. 
At the very heart of these books are four basic assertions. Firstly, thou art that. Tat tvam asi. Often translated as that I am. Secondly, I am totality. Aham brahmasmi. Third, the self is Brahman. I am Atma Brahma. And the fourth, consciousness is Brahma. Pragyam Nam Brahman. So the simplistic translation of Brahman is the ultimate reality of the universe. The self is Atma or Atman, which is often translated as true self, soul or spirit. The basic tenet of this understanding then, our universe is a field of consciousness. We are an instance of consciousness, operating as a separate item, but in reality never separated. This universal awareness, desire, is to experience itself, to truly know itself. In this two-dimensional universe of awareness, the only way for two dimensions to see themselves is to curve and curve. As we now know, space-time is indeed curved. Like a Mobius strip, two dimensions curve and are able to observe each other as if in 3D, i.e. awareness by curving itself can experience itself in three dimensions. In short, this life we lead is a three-dimensional simulation created by the awareness of our universe trying to experience itself. Tat tuam asi, that I am. From the first written documentation of mankind, we knew that we are all God or awareness. I am you. You are all me. We just maintain this separation to make the game work. Spiritual paths have always told us, hurt me, you're only hurting yourself. Now we see this idea to be true. Every human being on this planet is just another iteration of you, me. This game is fixed. You're born in a forgetful state. The challenge of the game is for you to find a way to move forward towards happiness. The natural state of the universe is bliss. The Upanishads tells us repeatedly this is so. This is where we gain the idea of God is good. Everybody understands at a deep level that everything in this game is pointed in the direction of happiness. Sure, there are challenges set for you, by you, but ultimately, that is the game of life. Like a compass points true north always, so the search for the true self, which is bliss and total happiness, should be our path. I've studied the root of contemplation, 
as opposed to meditation. It would appear that much meditation can fall short and leave you in a sleep state. You might feel happy and satisfied, but to me it's still being asleep in the dream state rather than awakening to the true nature of awareness. I feel that contemplation is the path. Taking the trajectory of Sanskrit and the Upanishads, we find teachers from all parts of the globe using the same basic idea. Ask yourself very carefully, who am I? Bhagavan Siri Ramana Maharshi popularized this approach in India in the 1920s. The idea of self-inquiry is not, however, unique to him, and clearly came to him from his teachers, the Upanishads. Another route comes from China, by way of Russia, where we discover G.I. Gurdjieff teaching the same. Gurdjieff tells us that he found the teachings in Moscow, working with a group using Oriental teachings. His work is furthered by Pidiaspensky and moves further to the West. After the Second World War, we find British people in India as the occupying nation, and then eventually many Americans and Europeans beating a path to India to find some of these teachers. I've studied with te Chinese teachers who are explaining exactly the same information. Just as the day dawns in the East and moves to the West, the basic understanding of our universe and purpose rose in the East and has finally made its way to the West, following the turning of the Earth. The idea is pretty simple, if somewhat unbelievable in our current limited mindset. All these roots of the Sumerian ideas are asking us to find our way to our true nature. The hurdle we've all been given is not knowing this. There are clues scattered around. For example, the Sanskrit OM symbol, seen on every hippie's arm, and camper van, is a map to this basic understanding. Sleeping, dreaming, waking are states separated from awareness, the veil drawn between awareness and us. These teachings have had far-reaching effects upon us. Arthur Schopenhauer was one of the translators of the Upanishads. His thinking influenced Werner Heisenberg, Niels Bohr, Edwin Schrödinger, the fathers of quantum science. Niels Bohr famously said, I go to the Upanishads to ask questions. The understanding from the Upanishads the nature of our very being was the ground for all of our quantum understanding. We've allowed the lust for power to better us. If you understand the challenge laid down by awareness, go find your true self and therefore the nature of everything, then the idea of killing another sentient being is immediately understood as killing yourself. There's no way to justify killing other creatures, burning forests or extracting the lifeblood of the earth for profit. Our base instincts, 
still fresh from roving the wilds of the steppes and living in dark caves, seduces us daily back to a cycle of violence and unhappiness. This is what we call hell. It's right here, right now. Look at children starving in Africa, wars in the Middle East, drug use at the bottom of your road. You'll soon see this is hell. Do you want heaven? Then be the change you want to see. This doesn't mean buying an electric car, although it might help a tiny bit. This does mean asking yourself, who am I? Ask it. Ask it again. Sit with it. Stand with it. Walk with it every moment of your life until you can finally understand. I don't claim to have it fully yet. Brief glimpses come and go. Qigong is a great tool to heal the body, get you into the right state. But it's not the full answer. Meditation is not the answer. It's essentially thinking you are the universe. Nor yoga, nor tai chi. They're all just tools. There's only one game. See the simulation for what it is. Then break out of the simulation that you are supporting yourself. Self-questioning leads to self-realization. When you realize that you are not your body, you are not your five sense organs, you are not your movement, speech, or other basic functions, you are not your chi, you are not your breath, you are not your mind. After questioning and realizing that you are none of these things, then what's left? Ask, who am I? What is the nature of the mind? Why does the mind support personality? You'll get there. As we arrive one by one, the drops return to the ocean and the flood begins. This is what will bring real change to our earth. Power through religion has clouded this simple information, complicated it beyond belief. Now it's laid here, clear and simple. Go beyond. Always strive to go further towards bliss. Love, love, love.